Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today is book club. Yay, book club. This book wrecked me, like wrecked me. I, I cannot wait to talk about it. I've been wanting to talk about it for two weeks. Like, I'm so excited to talk about it. Grace is ready. I'm ready. But we have things to talk about before we talk about the book. We have a lot of excitement going on over here. I feel like we should talk about the first thing as our mutual high. Yeah, our mutual high. Guys, we sold out our live show at Caroline's. Grace, I did not believe you when you said that we were going to sell it out. And we sold it out. We're recording this a little in advance. So it's two weeks before our live show. We sold all the tickets. All the tickets. And I have decided that the key to success at life is an unhealthy dose of self-confidence because whenever I say something crazy that we're going to do, we do it. Live your life like a mediocre white man. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's the kind of (laughs) self-confidence you need. Yeah, we all need the confidence of mediocre white men. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we did. We said we'd sell it out. We did. Well, I mean, here's what's next, just to put it out there. We're starting a cult? Well, obviously. Yeah. That was a given. Yeah. Yeah. Running for president? I mean, we can't be worse than what we got. (laughs) We want to do shows in Boston and Chicago and D.C. Yes. Before the fall. And maybe Charleston, too, because my parents live there. Oh, that would be fun. It would be really fun. Like a smaller one. A small show. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really fun. We'd have a free place to stay, so. So we're putting it out into the universe. It's going to happen. We have not talked to anyone about this. We have yes. no dates. Yes. We've done no planning. We started researching venue ideas and we're going to start reaching out to people. But look at our confidence. We have a lot of confidence and we want you all to come to our other live shows too. What if we're terrible at this? I know this is like this. We've never I've never performed on a stage. We both spoke. We've both done a lot of public speaking, but we've never like been on a stage for the purpose of entertaining people. Yeah, like the premise is that people paid to be entertained. We've never performed. I mean, at the very, I feel like I can go two ways. It's either going to be great, great, or it's going to be awful. It's going to be like train wreck. So bad that everyone just like has a great time laughing at us. Yeah. I hope that you're laughing with us, but you might be laughing at us. And either way, I'm fine with it. I was just going to say, frankly, either is good for our first try. Yes. And that's why we're doing it at a bar. I mean, we didn't choose Caroline's. Caroline's chose us. We never would have had the confidence to pick somewhere as big as Caroline's. No. But we are glad there will be alcohol. So if Yeah, we, a two-drink minimum exists for a reason. Yeah, if we do suck, just hit that minimum and you'll be fine. Pre-game our show. Yes. Do us a favor. Yes. And we're going to have a meet and greet afterwards. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be great. Yes. What about your personal high? My personal high is another crazy thing. So I applied to be on this thing with Sephora. It's called the Sephora Squad. And I had to get... That sounds like a cult. Mm-hmm. It's my other cult. So I had to solicit reader testimonials. And I received over 700 testimonials. And I made it to the semifinals. Grace, that's great. Yeah. Do you get to read your testimonials? No, I would love to. I mean, I hope they're good. I hope people weren't like, I'm writing a testimonial to say don't pick her. I, I sent one that was really creepy because I felt like I didn't want them to know that I knew you so I, <laughs> so I was like really effusive but then pretended to be a stranger and I think it came off weird but hey it's one in 700 I don't think anyone's reading them all that closely uh I don't know but I'm really excited so I find out at the end of March like actually two days before the live show if I made the cut that's great yeah the other thing is that I kind of talked about before I've been on a workout kick so I've been um getting to yoga but I also went to New York Pilates last week and I've been really into dance body despite being terrible at it like laughably bad we decided that for our next round of live shows Grace is going to do a solo dance performance yes it's gonna be like a recital I'm gonna get a tutu I'm gonna get a leotard maybe some toe shoes maybe some backup dancers yeah yeah it's gonna be amazing Oh my God, could, no, this is obviously not true. But I did see um, the girls got to eat for their live show. They had like dance performers before they went on, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, they had drag queens. Yeah. That's awesome. It was amazing. Like Into that. They're kind of like up here and we are, we're just starting out. No, we are as confident we're as so a mediocre confident. white man. Yes, we're, we're the best. We're the best podcast on the internet. Don't say that. People are going to say we're stuck up. Oh, yeah. 
please don't leave us a review. We're just kidding. <laughs> leave us a review, but don't leave us a mean review. Yes. Um, yeah, so my my high is the Sephora squad and all the workouts. What about you? So my high is that I'm going to San Francisco tomorrow, although I guess when this episode comes out, I'll already be back. I'm so excited. So I don't know if you remember me talking about this Oh, like a couple months ago, but I booked this trip because the Where'd You Go Bernadette movie this was coming out. This is the bougiest thing I've ever heard. It's not bougie. My flight was really cheap. I know. It was like $300. Oh, I, so I booked a flight to San Francisco to go watch a movie. Great. <laughs> you just wanted to see your friends. I'm kidding. I did. You. So I used to live in San Francisco, so I have a lot of friends who live out there. And then plus two of my best friends have since moved to San Francisco from other places. So I have a whole squad there. Not a Sephora squad, but a regular squad. And when the Where'd You Go Bernadette movie like trailer got released, my friend Ashley was like, oh, this is, looks so cute. I wish we could go see it together because it's both of our favorite books. So I booked a flight as part of a visit. But, Grace, they pushed the release of the movie. Oh, my God. No. It's not till August now. Oh, my God. So are you going to have to book a second trip to San Francisco? Funny enough, it's actually the weekend of my friend Lauren's wedding. So I'll already be in San Francisco. Oh, that's perfect. So it works out. But I'm still very excited to go to San Francisco. I have so many plans. I'm very popular in San Francisco. I know. Well, you're hanging out. The reason I'm being petty and bitter about this is that you're hanging out with our two best friends, Ilana and Jackie. And I am going to be excluded from this. Jackie took the day off on Friday so that we could have a whole hot dogs day. I am. I don't want to talk about it. I'm having a lot of feelings. I'm so excited. Rude. So I'm just really excited about my trip to San Francisco. And yeah, that's my high. What about Lowe's? So I didn't have a real low. I'm having a great week. So I put my low is I'm (laughs) – so I, like, am, again, unhealthily confident. I'm like, I'm in great shape. I went to a yoga retreat. I did four hours of yoga every day. I went to New York Pilates, and honestly, I wanted to die. And it was their hardest class. It was the – the burnout one. I've never been to that one. That one's scary to me. And it made me feel better because Danielle Prescott is actually in amazing shape. And she was like, this is awful. Well, Pilates but, is hard in general because you use a lot of small muscles that you don't use in any other type of workout. Yeah. Well, I was like awful. And then I, you know, the dance body thing. Like I'm in the back of the room sweating and like just trying to keep up with everyone. I love it. I think it is the most fun way to spend an hour. But I am not in as good of a shape as I like to think. Well, dancing has a whole learning curve. Like, you need to learn the steps. You need to learn the combinations. Uh That's tough. Yeah. But it's really fun. So that's not a real low, but I had to say something. So I'm learning that I'm not as in good of a shape as I thought I was. Well, good thing you're on a workout kick. You're going to fix it. Yeah. going to be... I'm going to have abs for the live show. Wow. Abs, yeah. The live show is in two weeks, so... Grace's I can two manifest week them. Miracle just like cure. This, just like selling out the show, I'm going to manifest some abs. Ask to see Grace's abs at the live show. I'm wearing a dress, so that might be hard. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to rework my outfit into a crop top and short shorts. Yeah, to show off your, your two-week abs. <laughs> yeah, my two-week abs. Oh, my yeah. God. What about you? So I see this, and it doesn't make me happy. I'm having a laundry debacle. Oh, is it fly cleaners, Becca? Yeah, I don't know why I keep using them. Becca, like, I, if, sorry, listeners, if you guys were around for our first, like, few episodes, you know that this was Milo. Becca did not learn from Milo. Well, your low is different. Yours was lost. Mine is different. So just for fly some context. Fly cleaners is the worst. So just for some context for people who don't live in New York, it's not just a bougie thing to send out your laundry, but... Like, my apartment building literally does not have laundry in the building. Not and you're even, on a fifth floor walk-up. And I'm on a fifth floor walk-up. So not even in the unit, in the entire building, there's not laundry. So if I wanted to do laundry, I would have to go to the laundromat that's, like, three blocks away and sit there the whole time to make sure that your laundry doesn't get moved or stolen or whatever. So a lot of people I know in New York send their laundry out. and You could either do it through a local laundry place or you could send it out through like one of those services like fly cleaners or cleanly or whatever yeah so I've been using fly cleaners for a really long time I've had two bad experiences but today so yesterday I 
Thought I was timing this all really well. I sent out my laundry yesterday afternoon and I wanted to make sure I waited until after I worked out so that I could send my dirty workout clothes out with my laundry. But then I need to get it back because I need to pack for San Francisco. So it was supposed to be delivered between 12 and 2. And then I got a notification that it wasn't ready yet. Ugh. So I'm like, I emailed them and I was like, look, I need this for a trip. Am I going to be able to get my laundry in time? And they were like, yeah, you should get a notification after 3.30 and like still have not got a notification. So I like don't know if I'm going to be able to bring anything in my laundry to San Francisco. And my two pairs of jeans that actually fit me and are comfortable are in there. Sounds like you got to go shopping. And all of my favorite uh, yoga pants are in there. Oh, wait, I can schedule it now. Okay. Oh, great. I'm scheduling it for 9 p.m. Great. Oh, my God. I hope this works because otherwise the jeans that I'm wearing right now, Grace, basically do not fit me. They are so tight on the waistband. Okay. And all of the jeans that actually fit me are in the laundry. Okay. Everything else I could live without, but I would really like the two pairs of jeans that are in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, It sounds like my low might be turning around. Okay. Great. It let me schedule it. So I don't really have a low. Yours is turning around. Well, I hope it's turning around. I'm going to manifest that it's going to turn around. Thank you. Yeah. Just putting it into the universe. So before we get into the book, it's time for a minute of desperation. Desperation minute. I want to have a desperation minute theme song. Maybe... Once we like a jingle, make a ton of money from doing all these live shows, we're going to buy some music. Not even music. I want somebody to craft us a jingle. A jingle. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like the like one eight hundred cars for kids jingle. Like something that really gets stuck in your head. <laughs> rate review subscribe. I think of Jared Fried's voice screaming, "Rate reviews for subscribe!" Like on the Betches podcast. No, I, I just want it to be stuck in your head. We should get Jared to record us a jingle. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. Okay. If you're loving this podcast, Grace, what can you do? You can leave us a review in the iTunes store. So we love all the written ones. We got another really nice one. Someone came because of Ashley Spivey and stayed for the friendship. That made me really happy. Um, We love the creatively written ones, but if you just want to leave us five stars, that's cool too. There's a lot of new people here, so I feel like... There are a lot of people in the audience who have not written us a review. Yeah. We're seeing the numbers go up every week, but we are not seeing as many reviews as we'd like. We st- we have over 4,000 Instagram followers. We have just over 1,000 reviews. We're going to need you all to leave us a rating. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, don't make Grace go into the iTunes store and start comparing who hasn't left us a review and sending you personal emails threatening you. I don't think that's possible. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, I would do that if it was something I could do. I know do. you would. I don't I think that's like a huge violation of privacy. If you have already left us a review, join our Facebook group. Follow or us on Instagram. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. It helps so much when you spread the word. Plus, you get to be that cool person that knows about this amazing podcast that's gonna change everyone's lives. Put a f- screenshot on your Instagram story. Yeah. Steal I always some- repost them if you tag me in those. So steal somebody's phone and leave us a review from their phone. Yeah. Go on and do what I did and go on a date and make your date leave a review. Yeah. I mean, all they have to do is five stars. Yeah. While they're in the bathroom, just take their phone and leave us a review. You won't look crazy at all. No. It'll be great. It'll be great. It guarantees a second date. That's why we don't really give dating advice over here. (laughs) I guess let's get away from desperation minute before we give any more bad advice. And I think it took a creepy turn because this book is so creepy. How is that for a transition? Good transition. Yeah. Good transition. This book. This book. Oh, my God. It destroyed me. I had to tell people what we're reading first. Okay, so we read Verity by Colleen Hoover. Yes. Is this your first Colleen Hoover book? It is. And I ordered some more of them because Cassidy told me that I had to read It Ends With Us. Oh, I didn't read that one. I read some of her early ones and they were more YA. Okay. More teen. Okay. They were still, like, twisted, but they were with teens, and this was fully This adults. is definitely not YA. Like, no. if I had a, a young adult and was a parent to a young adult, I would not let them read this book. Oh, my God. Somebody tagged us in a photo where they'd given this book to their mom 
And their no, mom, don't give this to your mom. And their mom was like, why do you always make me read these fucked up books? And I was like, oh, sorry, that's our fault. Yeah, that's our fault. This is not for parents, I would say. Maybe some parents. My Your my mom aunt, would read it. My mom and my aunt are both reading it now. So. Oh, okay. But they can take it. Like, yeah, they, they love like, a dark, twisty thriller. Your aunt... Your aunt Jean. Jean, Jean Lynn Mason. Jean loves twisted books. She loves twisted books. I always save them for her. Okay. Let's get into the plots so that yeah. we can talk about this book that I had to read in one day because I was terrified to stop reading it and go to bed because I would have definitely had nightmares. Yes. Okay. So let's get into the summary. So Lowen is our protagonist, and she is a struggling writer. She meets Jeremy by chance after witnessing a terrible murder on the street. So it's she, not a murder. It's not a, it wasn't run a murder. Over by a bus. This is old. This is a bad, bad show notes. It wasn't a murder. It was I saw a murder. I was like, an did accident. I get it was an accident on the street. So little does she know, um, she's actually on her way to a meeting with him. So they have this like cute meet cute. I mean, it's kind of a gross meet cute because she has blood all over his her clothes, and he gives her his shirt in a bathroom to change into before the meeting. Then she shows up to the meeting, and he's there. So it turns out that Jeremy's wife is actually a best-selling author named Verity Crawford, who has written uh, three books in a six-book series, but has been in an accident of her own and is too injured to continue to write the remaining three. So basically, they're looking for a ghostwriter to complete the series. So Verity has been in a car accident, and she is in basically a vegetative state. She needs to be fed and changed. Like, she is not comatose, but she is not self-sufficient. Yes, exactly. She has to have a nurse take care of her. Like, it's a whole thing. So, Lowen is really apprehensive about taking this job. Um, She doesn't like public attention, So she's like kind of waffling on what to do. Oh, I should also mention that uh, before uh, Verity's accident, there had been two other accidents in the family. So there were twin daughters and one of them had died from an allergic reaction and the other one drowned. Yeah. So there's like all this terrible stuff happening to this family. And Lowen's like, do I really want to get involved with this? Yes. But the money's the money talks and she goes on board um, agrees to finish the books, and she moves in to Jeremy and Verity's house in Vermont um, so that she can go through Verity's office and her notes and find the material that she's going to need to start working on the rest of those books. But then, this is where things get real interesting. She's she's going through the office, she's going through all the notes, and she finds this manuscript for an autobiography, which is written by Verity, And inside of it, she proceeds to find horrible, horrible secrets. So basically, if you're not going to read the book, we'll tell you what the secrets are. It's basically that she's obsessed with her husband and she ends up getting pregnant. She doesn't want the pregnancy because she doesn't want her husband to love somebody more than she does. Yeah. Or more than he loves her. So she, like, tries to abort the babies herself. She she ignores the babies when they're children. I mean, it gets really dark. She talks about trying to use a coat hanger, and that's why one of the daughters has a scar on her face. And, yeah, she, like, neglects the children. She's, like, a- sleeping in the morning and, like, turning off the baby monitor so she doesn't have to hear them scream. Yeah, it's, like, it's terrible. It's awful. And then, never mind, I'll, we'll get there. Okay. So um, while all of this is going on, Lowen is attracted to Jeremy. Yeah. So she knows he's been through a lot and she like doesn't want to make the first move. But one night he ends up kissing her and they kind of start this affair. Yes. But as this is happening, like odd things start to happen that make her question her sanity. So, like, one time she thinks she sees Verity out of the corner of her eye. Another time they had slept in her bedroom and there was a lock on the outside of the door and they got locked into the bedroom. So, like, all these weird, unexplainable things start happening. Exactly. So, she feels like she's going completely crazy. Um, And she she swears that Verity is conscious and she keeps harping on it. Um, And this is really disturbing and upsetting to Jeremy. So he gets to a point where he's like, you have to leave, like pack your bags and go. 
And this, at this point of desperation is when she um, she runs into Verity's room with the manuscript and says, I know you're conscious. And if you don't admit to it, I'm going to the cops and I'm going to tell them that you did all this and like are basically responsible for the death of one of the children. So she does that. There's this struggle. Jeremy comes in, sees that Verity is actually fine, and Jeremy kills her, kills Verity. And they pretend that she passed away in her sleep. So um, Jeremy and Loen are together, and Loen is pregnant. There's like a flash forward. Yeah. And they have moved to North Carolina and they're at the Vermont house packing up. And um, they, we hadn't mentioned, but they also have a son who is like five years old and the son is still alive. And the son um, says that he forgot something that was in mommy's room. And he like goes upstairs and there's a hidden compartment in the floorboard Mm -hmm. in in there, in addition to some of the pictures that he had drawn that he was going back for, there is this letter. And this is like the last five pages of the book, and it completely destroyed me. Like, well, it changes everything. I, it changes everything. I did not see this coming. So basically, Verity explains in this letter that this autobiography had been an exercise in creative writing. It was all made up. It was an, all an exercise in writing from the villain's perspective because that's what she does in, in her series, and she does it so well. So she had basically taken diaries that she had had from years and then redone them and put them into this, like, villainous perspective. But So it wasn't real. Like, none of this stuff was actually her. Then we learn that Jeremy had actually already found and seen the autobiography, had read it, and had actually set her up for the accident attempting to kill her so Verity had pretended that she was comatose and she was going to kidnap their son and take him away but that never happened so Loen finds this letter saying that her fiance killed his Mm ex-wife and she ultimately flushes the letter down the toilet and doesn't tell Jeremy and that's just the end Uh uh-huh so they move to North Carolina, they restart their lives, and he never gets to know that his wife actually wasn't this terrible villain of a person. I mean, also you're projecting. We don't know what happens. Yeah, well, but, maybe, maybe he does get to know. But. Yes. This book was crazy. It was insane. So I picked this book for you. Thank you. Because. That's really nice. You're we a good have friend. To, we have to alternate between mushy stuff and teen stuff and hardcore thrillers. Yeah. So this was a hardcore thriller for Grace, but online I saw so many people talking about this and it was really interesting because the commentary that I saw was all either, oh my God, this is the best book I've ever read. It's my favorite book this year. It's like, this is insane and incredible. And then there are other people who hated it. And I like when there's some unhealthy disagreement, healthy disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy, healthy disagreement, which is what we frequently have here so I was wondering if we would have disagreement but I don't think we do no this I book think we both loved it really great this is I mean this was on the cusp of being too scary for me I'm a baby you are a baby I know I was so traumatized by the letter that I had to that that's we talked about this last week my puking incident like I went out drinking so that's and, Verity's fault yeah it's Verity's fault no um, I think I just didn't eat enough that day No, this book was, because it was not clear what was happening when there was all this, like, um, when all the strange things were happening. That's the kind of scary stuff that I don't like. Like, it's not that, I don't care that Jeremy murdered her. I mean, I care, but, like, that's not what's scary to me. But all of, like, the unknown stuff, that really freaks me out. Yeah, I was really freaked out when they got locked in the bedroom. Yeah, I started the book at probably, like, 5 p.m. on a Sunday. And I was like, well, got to plow through because... Not yeah. sleeping otherwise. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. I guess let's start at the beginning. Yes. So the opening is really, really dark. It's Basically, really dark. She's covered in blood. Yeah. There's this accident. A guy is crossing the street. He walks. I think it's in front of a bus or a truck or something. 
and it like runs him down and she's so close that she gets splattered with blood. I mean, it's crazy. The It serves no real purpose, but it was like a very, very dark, ominous start to the yeah. book. Yeah. But <laughs> one thing that really did not sit well with me about that is um, at one point she's like, people like me belong in the city because it's anonymous. And I was like, what does that mean for us that we like live in the city? But I mean, at the same time, I was like, I kind of get what she's saying. Like, do you think you could ever live in a smaller town? You know, I think it would be really hard. I feel like when I go home to, well, when I lived on Cape Cod, um, when I would go home, my everywhere we went took like three times as long to do anything because we'd be at the post office and my mom would run into three friends and, and have to say to, hello to everyone then it's like you're at the grocery store like you can never actually be anonymous you're always running into people you know and that's really nice like that kind of community is great but like from an efficiency perspective it just like takes up so much time yeah like I I don't know that I could not I could live in a smaller city than New York, but I don't know that I could live in rural Vermont. But that that part of the book in the opening like really kind of offended me. Oh no! See, I I love um you know I love just having my AirPods in and walking around and just like, I mean I do too. But she was basically implying that there was something wrong with her and and oh like, I think there's nothing I didn't I didn't get that. Oh well, I mean there's the whole plot line about something being wrong with her because yeah. she we didn't mention it in, in the plot sorry because it's. Not super important, but she sleepwalks. Yeah. And that was a very traumatic part of her childhood. And so her mom is scared of her and and she, like, she thinks she's a monster because she sleepwalks, which, like, I don't think that's a very big deal. No, I didn't either. Like, it's like, okay, cool. But she's like, that's why I deserve to be in a city because it's anonymous and I'm a monster who sleepwalks. Yeah, that was weird. It was really weird. Yeah. I mean, I think... The whole reason that, like, the sleepwalking plot existed was because she needed to have, well, I mean, two reasons. So, one, she wanted to have a lock on her door, and then she sl- she sleepwalked, and so then they put a lock on the outside of the door, and then Verity locked them in. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's the whole reason the sleepwalking plot existed. Yeah. And also so Jeremy could comfort her. Yes. Sorry, I'm all over the place right now. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm, like... This book, I don't know. It was so intense. Yeah. Okay. Simple simple question. Did you predict what was going to happen? No. I, like, I guess I just, I, I didn't know it was going to have such a big twist. And I, um, I thought the twist was, was Verity was alive. And so I had my twist. Or not alive. That she wasn't a vegetable. That she was conscious. Well, I, I felt like that's where they were pushing us to believe. Like, that was the most obvious. Yeah. I don't know. I think and also I was so thrown off because it was so dark and, like, the material about. Oh, her autobiography. So that basically the chapters of her autobiography are spliced into the book. So, yeah. like, sometimes you're in the action and sometimes you're reading her, like, deeply fucked up autobiography. I think I was just so thrown off because the autobiography was so dark. And I was like, oh, well, now this is what happened. And also, like, I was measuring it by, like, how many pages were left. So I was like, well, this was really dark and, like, I feel scared. But I didn't – I just did not see any of that coming. The letter. We had talked about, like, different theories. Like, when you said to me that you thought that the other – the boy child was going to be a villain. Grace, my mind was going – at 8 million miles a minute, I predicted every possible ending of this. Like, there were ghosts in the house. Mm -hmm. Like, Jeremy was actually a psychotic killer. I thought about that for a little while. I thought about Jeremy being a killer, and I thought about the little boy being a killer. I mean, he was only five, but I thought that maybe he was, like, um, like, like like Chucky possessed and that he was killing everyone yeah because he was really like rude and weird in a lot of the scenes Mm -hmm. another theory I had was actually that the autobiography was written in the throes of postpartum depression and that that was kind of like the twist oh that would get like yeah that could have I I I feel like I evaluated literally every theory that could be 
possible. So I was definitely yeah. thinking that Jeremy could have been evil. I don't know that I settled on a leading theory. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair to say that I predicted what was going to happen. Yeah. And I certainly didn't predict that Jeremy was going to find the autobiography. Like yeah. that was a big twist. Yeah. That like I thought maybe he was like a psycho killer and he was killing his whole family slowly. But I didn't think that he had discovered the book. Yeah, I didn't either. But I mean, what about the affair? So Jeremy and Lowen have an affair. Like, what did you think about the morality of that? Like, and like, how did you think about it before and after you knew the true ending? Because that's so crazy. I didn't think of it as bad. Like, I'm definitely anti-adultery, but like. In my head, I was like, well, this woman was so bad and she's a vegetable. So, like, either she is, like, this person who basically is never going to make a full recovery or this terrible villain. It just didn't cross my – even cross my mind that she could be good. Yeah, I mean, I actually – so – yeah, when they were having the affair before, you know, the ending, I definitely felt sorry for Jeremy because he... Yeah, I felt so bad for him. There was, like, this one scene where she um, pees her pants, which we learn later was on purpose, but he has to go change and shower her. Like, mm-hmm. he's her constant... She has a nurse, but he's, like, her caretaker at night after the nurse leaves because she's only there part of the day. So, yeah. you know, I, like, I felt really sorry for him, and it was like, oh, man, this guy has lost... Both of his daughters and now his wife is like needs to be cared for around the clock. So, you know, I felt really bad for him. But then after I found out, I kind of still thought it was okay. Because, well, I mean, okay is a relative term. But in his mind, it's his always wife in his mind. killed yeah. their kids and was like deranged and was in a he didn't know she wasn't in a vegetative state either. So like he thought that this was all real. And even though he caused her car accident, which like granted that morality is really shaky. um, You know, he was like having an, he was having an affair and he had this monster wife. So I don't know. Even after finding it out, I was like, well, I mean, I didn't know. Yeah. It's just, it's all really screwed up. Yeah, it. I like don't even know how to talk about this book other than like, would people listen to a podcast if we just went back and forth saying like, this was crazy back and forth. It was so crazy. I was, I went out with one of my male friends, like who reads like mostly like literature that night. And I was like, I need to, I just need to talk to you. I just need to talk to someone about what happened. Oh my God. It was like, it was insane. I, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, let's talk about the, the letter. Yes. I feel like that's like the the meat and potatoes here. Yeah. It was just like, I think what was so shocking to me was that ultimately this wasn't a twisty thriller at all. It was about a normal family. She just happened to write this terrible ma- manuscript. Yeah. I mean, that was twisty. That was the twist. The twist was that there was not, a, it was not a twist. Well, it made me wonder, too, like, one of the things that the manuscript made me think about was these people. So you read all of these, like, horrific thrillers, like, everyone's a monster. Who are the people who are writing these? I never considered that before. Well, did you read that um, profile on A.J. Finn who wrote The Woman in the Window? No. He is a a complete and utter psychopath. What did he do? He is, like, a... Uh, he is what is he he's a con man he's just like done all of this crazy shit it's a very long read but it was I think it was a piece in the Atlantic talking about him just google it like it's crazy oh interesting yeah so he is a person who writes twisty thrillers I'm sure some of these people are just really creative but like I can't think of a good example but even like Gone Girl like I've I've heard Gillian Flynn speak before she seems like a nice normal person like how do you come up with that stuff I don't know. I mean, I've been told that I have a very dark sense of humor, like because I we were all at dinner at dinner and I like my friend is allergic to a bunch of things. And I was like asking him in detail, like what would happen like for each food? I think I've done this to you as well. And 
I was like, so what would make you like curl up and die? And everyone was like, Grace. And I was like, I just wanted to know. Like, I was just curious. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's maybe you could channel that. Maybe all they're a just thriller. like just normal people who are like a little bit curious or. But like, how do you come up with that stuff? Like, isn't it? Um, isn't Stephen King like unwell I don't mentally? Know. I I feel like I've read that before. That like he's like pretty deranged I didn't I've never read that I don't know I mean like well I mean like what's going on in Colleen Hoover's head yeah I don't know yeah but wait you had something else in here about the letter that I actually thought was a really good point um why why Verity Verity why did you not put on the cover on the cover of this autobiography that it was an exercise or just like that this is not true as a disclaimer. If I did this creative exercise, I would make a big disclaimer at the beginning because you never know when someone's going to find something and read it. Why does it have a title page to begin with? Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. But like, and it also you just make a note, hey, this isn't real. Like if you find this and it also seems like it was like printed. It, like, why would you why would you print it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. They did say that Jeremy found read it on her computer. So he printed it? Maybe. And then like planted it? Well, I mean, that was the whole other thing is that he knew about it before. And when Lowen showed it to him, he yeah. specifically didn't say, like, what is this? He said, where did you find this? So yeah. he didn't lie. But he pretended to Lowen that he had not seen it and read it before when yes. he had. Yes. I mean, is he an evil genius? Because he pulls off his own crime then. Or is he just like a good guy who got hurt really badly and he was like deceived? And I think I he was a good guy. But I don't know. Well, because I mean. We can take this in a million different directions. Yeah, because he like he did create this car wreck for her. But he thought that she killed her, their children. Yeah. And then he found out she was alive, and then he killed her. But again, he thought that she'd killed his children. Yeah. So, like, I'm really net-net not sure where I am on Jeremy. Yeah. No, I, I think he was a good guy that did, made bad decisions. Right. Because it's like, when Lowen found it and she, like, flushed it down the toilet, I was like, bitch, run. Like, But he's also, he's a good guy, but he's dangerous. Because most good guys... That doesn't mean they're going to, like, they found out all this stuff. Like, report her to the police. Don't, oh, my God. Of course. I'm don't like, try and kill her. I'm talking about this in thriller land. Not yeah, in, in like, thriller land. In real world. Like, should you. In the real world, he's a bad dude. In thriller land, like, he, he's, I'm sympathetic to him. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Crazy. Oof. What the fuck were with the names in this book? Who named these people? Oh, I know. Lowen was a weird one. So Lowen and then Crew, crew the was child the son. Was and then the two daughters were, who, what were their names? Well, they had weird names too. I don't remember like, them. Like Jeremy was the only, Verity obviously. Yeah, Verity. Jeremy is the only one with like a normal name. Like, yeah. Who named these people? I mean, it's not like a big gripe, but I was just like, no, as I, I was reading, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Tell me where this goes for you in the thriller, the Grace Atwood thriller rating system. What's oh. the best thriller you've ever read? This is up there. Is it top five, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's number one? I don't know. I'm on the spot right now. I mean, so for me, like Gone Girl was the original twisty thriller. I'd never read anything like it. And I was oh, like, yeah. holy shit. Um, so that's always going to be in my top five. I would say, oh, what else was good? Everyone loved Girl on the Train. I thought that was just medium. Um, what else? I feel like I need to like go to my reading list on my blog while we talk about this. But this is like this a is good twisty thriller. Yeah. I mean, I loved Final Girls. Um, I loved – what did I read recently that I loved? I loved The Woman Inside. I thought that was amazing. I loved An Anonymous Girl. Oh, and I loved The Last Mrs. Parrish and also The Wife Between Us. They're very similar. You loved that camp one. What was the camp one? That was one? Final Girls. Oh, okay. And I loved, um, what was that one? Oh, 
the couple next door. That was creepy as fuck. So so this is a good one, though. This is a good one. This is definitely top five all-time thrillers. I I have to think. I, I don't know what my, like, but Gone Girl is always going to be in my top five. What else? Oh, The Last Time I Lied, which is by Riley Sager, I also loved. I loved The Woman in the Window, but then when I found out what a lunatic A.J. Finn is, I, like, lost a little bit of interest. Oh, another good one that I'm obsessed with is called The Good Liar by Catherine McKenzie. And this takes place, like, this is, like, told, it's it's another one, like, you know when they stick with you and you can't stop thinking about it for, like, months later? This takes place in Chicago and there's this huge explosion of this building. And then it talks about the year after and these three women who are all affected by this explosion and what and like what went on in their lives Hmm. um yeah and I would yeah I think I listed my favorites okay yeah so all of this is to say that this is one of the good ones yeah this is one of the good ones and I'm gonna start reading all of her books she's Cassidy who edits this podcast and is my former intern slash our assistant she's her favorite author Grace I feel like we didn't even have a good conversation about this book because like literally all I want to say is just oh my god over yeah, and over oh my and god over. oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm still traumatized by this book it was it was really so shocked up but it was so good yeah like I feel like I I read it last week and I'm not far enough away from it yeah to even dissect it yeah so I don't know if that was a good book discussion but it's certainly a really good book yeah definitely oh my god Grace, can we talk about some other things? Yes, let's talk about something, some things that aren't fucked up. Obsessions. Yes. Yes. Becca, what are you obsessed with right now? This is a very nerdy obsession. So a couple of weeks ago, when Hitha was on the podcast, we were talking about investing. And I mentioned that one of my goals, like no timeline, is just to understand the stock market. And I think that I really want for women to be financially independent and financially equal to men. And I say this as I literally do not understand the stock market and am terrified of investing my money in it. So I have a money manager who, who does that for me, but you know, I want to understand enough that I know how it works, you know, and not just putting all my trust in another person. So anyway, last week, my friend Kyle was on our group text texting about um, this app called the Robin Hood app. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it because you told me about it, but I hadn't heard of it before that. They op- they advertise all the time on Pod Save America. So that's where I'd heard, I'd heard of it before. So it's this app where you can buy stocks. There's no um, trading fees where usually there is a small fee for any trade. So especially if you're making like really small investments, like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm buying a share of stock for $10. You don't want to pay $5 in fees. Um, And I swear this is also not an ad either. Um, But so basically they're paying you they're not they're not sponsored by no but I'm going to put my Robin Hood if you want to sponsor this podcast we'll have you you can but I'm going to put my referral link in the show notes because basically they have this program where if somebody signs up they get a free stock and you get a free stock and so that's how I got hooked my friend Kyle was like please do this I really want a free stock he works in the public sector he works uh he's a scientist so he's like please do this for me. And so I was like, sure. So I signed up and I got this free stock and I was like, oh, this is like gambling. This is fun. So I ended up putting some money into it. it. I put like $500 into it and I bought a couple of stocks. It's super addictive, but I feel like I'm figuring out how it works. Like I'm a learn by doing person. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I don't, I'm not an expert. I'm not Warren Buffett yet, but I am learning about the stock market. I'm up $20, Grace. That's pretty great. But I'm obsessed with it. I I think this is a good I'm gonna move get it. for me. I'm gonna you do it. You better go through my link. I'm not gonna use your link. Oh, it's like when you buy things that I write about on my blog and you don't use my affiliate link. Sometimes I do. Not remember that sweater? I'm still bitter about that sweater. No, I don't remember what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, oh, you got the sweater. Did you click on my? And she's like, nope, I did not. I was like, oh, but how did you find out about the sweater? You. Use my Robin Hood link. I will because I'm a good friend. Also, if any of you would like to try it, please use my link. 
and I will love you forever. I'll put it in the show notes. Great. But then we both get a free stock. But yeah, I'm excited about my impending financial literacy. I think that's awesome. I'm going to do it too. What is your obsession? My obsession is Shrill on Hulu. Oh my God. I watched all of it over the weekend. I still have two episodes and I'm so excited. I have I, When we finished up tonight, I still have to work because I had one of those days that got away from me. But I think I'll have time to watch a little TV before bed. They're quick. It's like a half yeah, hour show. Yeah, it's so quick. So first of all, I love A.D. Bryan. Me like, too. Absolutely love her. Second, I think it is so refreshing to see a TV show where like there's a lot of size inclusivity. And like when they were all at that, that pool party. Oh my like, God, I... I loved that. I loved that whole thing. And you could tell, like, she's like, oh, I'm I'm wearing jeans, this and that. And then she had a bathing suit on all along and, like, felt comfortable to, like, take off her clothes and jump in the water. It was – it's a great show. It's based off of um, Lindy West's memoir. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Lindy West um, was – she lives in Portland, but she was also a writer for um, Jezebel and Gawker for a time. So that's how I think I know her. But okay. she wrote – her book is called Shrill. Oh. And it's about – her cool being a fat woman and like yeah proud of that and kind of how that has been received culturally at work by men etc yeah cool I second that obsession that's a good one yeah so that is my obsession this week um my other obsession is that um a sutra they have this magnesium cream and I've been so sore from all of my working out and it like the first night I put it all over my whole body and I was like so tingly and like passed out. It felt like I took Is it Is it like Bengay? No, it's a magnesium cream because magnesium is really good for aches and pains. Oh. But magnesium also helps you sleep. So you're only supposed to put it like on the sore muscle, not your whole body. I think I had like magnesium overload and was like, ah. <laughs> and, like fell asleep. But... I love it. It's really, really good when you're super sore. What's the brand again? Asutra. A-S-U-T-R-A. Okay. They make all these magnesium and CBD products. There's no CBD in this one, but they have a lot of really great stuff. You can get them on Amazon. Interesting. Yes. What about on Instagram? What are you obsessed with on Instagram? My obsession on Instagram this week is called Thank You Atusa, and that's A-T-O-O-S-A. So... I read a lot of teen magazines like back in the day and this is basically like an ode to the pages of YM and teen magazine and Atusa was I believe the editor-in-chief of Seventeen magazine and so much of this stuff like I remember actual spreads from it like her name sounds so familiar I'm googling her to be like why do I know that um so it's like basically a tribute to all of the teen magazines of the past and it's just like such a hoot it's like a major major walk down memory lane for me what about you so mine is this woman called amy turnsharp t-u-r-n-s-h-a-r-p and i don't know how to say this without sounding cheesy but she is an instagram poet but i saw somebody share one of her like little poems to their Instagram story and I clicked through and I was reading through her profile and I really liked it and um oh I like this too yeah I'm, I'm just I'm really enjoying it it's yeah. I mean it sounds so much cheesier than it is like I don't know how to make you yeah think it's not cheesy without reading you a poem which I'm not going to do yeah um but I like her I like her grid posts more than her stories she like shares a lot of her personal life and she's um I think she's in her 40s and she has two or three um young to teenage sons and so that part I'm like oh I don't really relate to this but I like her poetry yeah what about on the reading front on the reading front I'm still reading Alyssa Master Monaco's book I um I haven't read a lot this week because I've been I had a very social week and I also was watching Shrill and playing Candy Crush I guess I don't know (laughs) but I'm still reading Alyssa Master Monaco's book I still love it um I love her I think she's so funny and so brilliant and I'm hoping to make a dent in that this week so that I can give it to you next I know by the time I get back from San Francisco you better be done and the name of that book is so here's the thing okay yes what about you so I am reading Becoming by Michelle Obama loved it 
Um, as we have talked about many times here, I am not usually a nonfiction reader, so I'm finding it slow to get through. So I'm also reading, or I also read, Rules of Magic by Alice Hoffman. Oh, one of my... So Alice Hoffman is my mom's favorite author. As I remember. Room. Isn't Practical yeah. Magic like your yeah. favorite book? Not my favorite book. Or your mom's favorite My mom's book? maybe. It's one of my favorites. I read Practical Magic years and years and years ago. Like, I mean, it was so long ago. So I've never read Practical Magic, but, you know, really well-known book and movie. And Rules of Magic is the prequel to it. So I figured if I was going to get into this universe, you start with sequentially what comes first. Yeah. Um. I, I was just like, on Friday night, I was like, oh, I really want to read a book with some magic in it. So that's why I started it. Grace, I loved it. It's, I finished it yesterday. I read like So now you have to go read it. Practical Magic. I do. But I read half of it yesterday. Grace, I was sobbing. Yeah. I woke up this morning like feeling like I had a sinus infection because I cried so hard. I just like don't think I had snot left. Oh, I cried so hard. Yeah, it's it pulls on the heartstrings. It was wonderful. Crying hard at a book is a good thing in my book. Yeah. But, oh my God, it was really, really great. I, and I, I found that it started slower, I think because for most people, because it came out probably 15 years after Practical Magic, people yeah. already knew the characters. So they were into it by virtue of that. And I was yeah. like the hell's going on yeah so I didn't love it at first but it really got me so Mm -hmm. it was wonderful yeah it's it was not as magic as I thought no it's not as magic-y but it's just it's great like their powers are more like potions and stuff like that rather than like cool spells yeah (laughs) oh my god we're such nerds with the magic we're such nerds this is why I have a podcast with you I know yeah. I, th- I I honestly feel like I've read all of the magic books out there. Like, I'm really yeah. scraping bottom on magic. Yeah. If you have any magical recommendations, leave them for us in the Facebook group. Because yeah, because we will read those. We will read them. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. That's all we have for you today. Yes. I hope that if you live in New York, you're coming to our live show We're so next excited. Monday. It's crazy. We're very excited. We can't wait. And if not, we'll be back next Wednesday and we'll tell you all about it. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.